Welcome to Ignite Your Confidence for women in leadership who want to speak up and stand out. I'm your host, Karen Laus. Here you'll get all of the tips and tools that you need to stand out with unshakable confidence. Let's dive into today's episode. Thanks. All right. Well, I am so thrilled to have Alita Norris here with us today, and we're just going to jump straight to it. Alita, tell us about who you are. Well, so Karen, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm so excited to be here. And for all of you listening, you know, thank you as well. So I'm Alita Norris. I am so in, in kind of the world, Karen, where you and I know one another, I'm the founder of the Women Who Spark platform. I, I wrote a book called Women Who Spark in 2018, wrote a second book called Women Who Spark After 50 in 2020, and have started an online platform. In addition to that, I've run my own company for 25 years. I'm the mom of five adult children. I'm happily in my third marriage, have rediscovered my spark in life, and I'm dedicated to helping women who've maybe lost their spark or who are ready to have their spark shine even brighter. I, I'm committed to helping women do that. So a bit about me. Well, I love that. And when we met, well, we met first with Speaker Sisters, now that I think Oh, that's it. right. And yes. you were advertising the summit and I'm very excited that you asked me to speak at that. So definitely looking forward to that. And I'd love to get straight into what you have shared before and you shared with me right before we hit record around your confidence, because I love what you said, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but tell us about your journey of confidence and how you found your voice. Well, so I, um, it's interesting. I, as a child, I had my voice. I was, I was raised by my dad. I am one of three original siblings prior to my dad's second marriage. Um, when I was eight years old, my mom left our family. And I, what I was able to discover as an eight-year-old whose mom abandoned the family is that I really was a confident little girl. And I stepped up and became a really you know, big helper to my dad because I had a two-year-old sister at the time. And my, my dad raised me to believe that I could do anything. And he also raised me to believe that I was a wonderful person. He was very affirming, so kind, and, um, you know, created an environment that was very positive for me. And I think, you know, within me, I, I just had a degree of moxie running through my veins that, you know, had me believe my dad could fill up a wagon filled with cucumbers from our family garden and I could go down the neighborhood and sell them all. You know, I just, I knew I could make that happen. I love well, it. Fast forward to age 24. That is, I was 24 years old when I married my first husband. That's where I, I wouldn't say, Karen, like I told you when we chatted, when I got married, I didn't lose my confidence, but I gave up my voice. Because my, my first husband was, he was a very, um, he had a, a, a very distinct view of how our life should be lived. And that would, that, that essentially was that we would become ward and June Cleaver. We would have children. Oh, I would goodness. resign. Yes. I would leave my job and raise our children. And when I didn't do that, 
his exact words to me where I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with you. Oh my God. I know, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And so every day I lived in an, in an kind of within an aura of criticism for being wrong. And I, when I was young, I think like so many women, when I was young, I wasn't mature enough to stand my ground. I wasn't mature enough to negotiate for, Hey, let, you know, let's talk about how you, you can have part of what you're looking for. And I can have part of what I'm looking for. Instead, Karen, I did the immature thing. I became, I didn't become passive aggressive. I became pouty or I don't even know if that's the right word. I just, I, I just stopped communicating and I became unhappy internally. I shown everywhere else in the world, people in my professional life thought that I was, you know, a, a really good and talented person. But then when I came home, I was a, I was a, a wrong person. And I, I, so I, I, I shut down and 11 years later that marriage ended because I just became more and more disenchanted with where I was, but I stopped speaking on my own behalf. Wow. I mean, what was that like to have the confidence, but knowingly choosing to give up your voice? It, well, it was really sad. I, I, I mean, it was a sad time for me. I had three children. I had a really great career. I, I, while, while I was raising little tiny people, I got my master's degree and very entrepreneurial, spirited. And, a, you know, I'm, I'm a, I, I would say I'm a very spirited person. And of course, you know me in, in, the, in the better of my times. And um, it was very sad to me. It was very disappointing. And I remember telling my husband at the time, you know, I, like, I don't even know how to navigate this. I feel like I'm married to, I feel like I'm married to, to like a father, except you're nothing like the kind father who raised me. Oh, wow. So it was a, it was a lonely time. I think I've heard a lot of women who've, who are in relationships that aren't really happy ones to say, you know, I'm in a relationship, but I'm very lonely. Mm. And that's how I was, Karen. I was in this relationship, but I was very lonely because I wasn't allowed to be who I am. Yeah. Wow. It was a disappointing time in life for sure. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah. I'm so sorry that happened, but I'm also so glad for where you are now. I want to come back to something that you said just about the allowed piece. Mm -hmm. I wasn't allowed. I, I just find those words fascinating and how mm -hmm. often we as women default to someone else to decide for us or to make oh choices, mm -hmm. or like you said, you made the active choice to keep the peace. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah. I just, I'm really struck by that because I feel like there are so many women that are going around either knowingly making choices potentially right. like that. Some not even taking advantage of the power to choose. Absolutely. Well, and so Karen, you and I both work with women and I, I've worked with women in my professional work for years. Professionally, I'm a leadership coach, 
um, on the side since about 2004 or a little bit later than that, I've coached women as just kind of a side passion project. And what I've discovered about women over kind of the first half of their adult life is they do gradually, they gradually give up who they are while they're taking care of everybody else's needs. So not only are they prioritizing the needs of others around them, it could be their significant other, their children, their parents, their siblings, their neighbors, their bosses at work, their coworkers. So they're prioritizing the needs of those people and giving up a focus on themselves. But a lot of women are also approval seekers. And so they will, they will um, kind of organically, almost invisibly move away from who they are toward what other people want them to be. I mean, that was part of my experience. And then what's happening right now, a smack dab in midlife, once for, for women who do have children, once the kids leave, and once, for example, they reflect back on a decades-long career and think, oh, you know, I've done this for so long, I, I'm not really happy, they kind of look up and they and and they're they're wondering, who even, who even am I? Like, who am I? Mm -hmm. what, what do I stand for? What do I want? What do I like? And they don't, they don't they just don't know. And there's a, there's a sentence or a concept in, in the book um, called Fierce Conversations by Susan Scott very early on in the book. And it says that, well, her context is relationships die gradually and then suddenly. And I think for a lot of women, we lose our confidence gradually and then suddenly or our sense of self, we lose it gradually. So, so gradually that we don't know what's happening. Kind of like putting a frog in a pan of cold water and, and gradually boiling it. Right. It's like, I don't even realize it's happening. And then all of a sudden I look up in midlife and I, and, and I, I'm disenchanted and I'm disappointed. Hmm. You know, midlife disappointment is a real thing. But it's I think it sneaks up on us, don't you think so? Yeah, yeah exactly. I know I do very much, and I think about this this whole concept of choice, and mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm so. <laughs> what you said really struck me. That made me think about my own example years ago. Now, really short. I would say it probably right after I turned forty, mm -hmm. and I remember having a conversation at that time with a therapist. And I was trying to make a decision about a guy that I was dating. And it had been an off and on again situation for almost 10 years, off again, on again, for those of you that are listening and you're familiar with friends, I was the, we were the Ross and Rachel couple, like we're on a break, we're off a break, oh. we're on a break. <laughs> <laughs> and so I remember though, having this poignant conversation that changed my life because he asked me, well, what do you want as far as this relationship? And I said, well, I don't know what Chris wants yet. And he goes, mm -hmm. no, but what do you want? Mm -hmm. And it had never occurred to me that I got to choose. Right. Because my dad called the shots in our household growing up. And for whatever reason, from a relationship, like I was really confident in my career. 
-hmm. But when it came to the relationship piece, I assumed that Chris would choose and then I would do what he said. Mm -hmm. And when I think about it now, it sounds so incredibly crazy and almost twisted, but that was a very powerful conversation. And really that the big question that I had to ask myself and suggest everybody think about too, is what do you want? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So what turned the corner for you, Alita? So you had a second marriage that Mm. did uh, tell us about that and then how that boy, I'll tell you what, that can be really brief, Karen, because that (laughs) second marriage doesn't deserve a lot of, a lot of attention. It was a five-year marriage and, you know, very similar to many women, I accidentally married an alcoholic and he, he, he was a bad person. I, I believe he was a narcissist. Uh, he was abusive. It, it, it was a really difficult situation. And so when that marriage ended, my, my desert in life really was two back-to-back divorces in the span of about seven years. And um, that's where, I, and again, like many women, I, I, I think I nursed my wounds for a while. Like I was at kind of my worst for a, for about a year where I just thought, holy smokes, have I wrecked my life? This is, this is a ridiculous situation that I've put myself in. And then I decided that I would make good of it, that it would not go to waste. And that, and, 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 you know, fortunately in our world, so many people turn their mess into their message. And they, we grow, we grow the most during adverse times. And I really think I became a better person because of the hardship. I became more selfless. I paid a lot more attention to women. I looked more into the eyes of women to see what really was in there. Uh, Because I know nobody knew the hardship that I was going through because I put my fake smile on every day, like women do. And so I, I, um, about two years after my second divorce, I hired a life coach, an amazing woman, Katie Brazelton, who has written eight books. Her, Her first book was Pathway to Purpose for Women. And I read the book and I hired her and in my work with her, decided that I would one day write a book and begin to reach women to help them, you know, grow beyond that adversity. And it wasn't until 12 years later that I finally sat down to write the book. I just so happened to name the book Women Who Spark, um, 12 Steps to Catapult Happiness, Cultivate Confidence, and Discover the Purpose of Your Life. I wrote the, I I named the book and then Women Who Spark, my gosh, it just became a perfect name for a a movement. It's almost a movement. Yes. Right. Because who doesn't, who doesn't want to talk about getting their spark back. And so that gave just that whole evolution, knowing that that was in my future. And of course, meeting my now husband, Mm -hmm. we've been together for 12 years He's amazing and lets me be exactly who I am, completely Mm -hmm. to a fault. And so I'm living my best life now. I'm 58 years old. 
and I'm living my, I'm, I'm at the happiest that I've ever been. Um, but I had a desert and I think we all have a desert. I'm no yeah. different that way. Sure. Well, give us some tips. You're in this great place now, but there's that limbo land. Sure. Many yeah. people are in. Sure. Yeah. So I, yeah, so I'll, I'll share, I'll share kind of a handful of tips. So the first thing is a mindset piece. When we're in limbo land or we're in the desert or we're in a place of despair, either mild, moderate, or a lot, just remember, it won't always be like this. Okay. So we, we, that's where the hope comes from. Okay. And then of course, I love what Brene Brown says, where she says, just lean into the suck. You know, yeah. I, I think that's really good advice. Just lean into it. Just feel the, the, you know, feel how crappy it feels and just know it won't always be that way. And then there's another, now there's, there's another picture that I like women to have. And then I'll give you, a, I'll give you a couple of pragmatic things to do to, to start to take some action. So I like this picture of imagining that you're, that you've stepped onto a bridge and that everything now and in the past, that's the old land. And if you're standing on land that just feels like it's, it's void of something, you're not as confident as you want to be, you've given up your voice, you're recovering from um, a broken relationship, you're estranged from one of your children, the list goes on and on and on. The old land can be left behind because there's a new land somewhere over the horizon. We maybe can't even see it. Mm. We have to realize it's there. And so we're gonna walk across this bridge to get over to the new land. But then here's where we each come in. We have to do the work to walk across the bridge. And each step across the bridge gets us closer to the new land, but we're the ones who have to take the step. So I encourage women to focus on one thing, just one area of life. And I, I have an online assessment that allows us to take a look at 10 areas of life. I won't name them all, but for example, our relationship with a significant other or lack thereof, our role as a mom, our, our career, our finances, our fitness, our friendships, our hobbies, and interests, our home and space. Okay. So, so women tend to think if one or two areas of their life is not going well, that their whole life isn't going well. Mm. I like women to connect with intentionally, if there are 10 areas of life, what's going well so that I can, I can celebrate that and what's not going well. And then pick one thing to begin to work on just one, just pick one area and then pick one thing. Right. That's so, so good. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, a lot of women, for example, let's just use the example of a relationship has ended and I'm alone, but I don't want to be alone. Well, let's just focus on that one area. Then the desire to meet someone and then let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's just do one thing. And I, I don't know what that one thing is. Maybe it is to start a, a profile online. 
but let's just do one thing and trust that the next thing will follow. Right. That's beautiful. So, said. Yeah. Yes. It's so true. The trust part. And I, I say so many of us are overachievers too. I want to do right. everything. You know, when we decide we want to change, <laughs> so yeah. let's do everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if we, if we're going to do everything, we'll end up doing nothing. Right. Because then the swirl in our head overwhelms us and we end up paralyzed by the overwhelm. So that's why I really like do one thing. Right? Well, and I love your analogy of the bridge. Mm -hmm. I was at a retreat years ago and I love the phrase that this guy used up until now. So people, oh, yes. I just love that phrase. It mm -hmm. makes me think of this, the same idea. And right. then I, I have to share a story of when I had a really horrible breakup many, many years back. And the coach that I had said, similar to what you said about leaning into the suck of Renee Brown, she said, well, how long do you think it's going to be horrible? Mm. Oh, yeah. And there was something really powerful about just saying, well, I hope to God in six months, it's going to be better. Mm -hmm. And yeah. just hanging on to that six months made me feel so comforted. Yeah. And helped yeah. pull me out of that or have mm -hmm. that perspective pull me out of the feeling that in the emotion that we're in, in that moment, it does feel like it's going to drown us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, what a great question. Yeah. How long will it be terrible? Not forever. <laughs> 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 because sometimes it does feel like it goes on and on. All right. Any other tips, Alita, before we wrap up? Well, I, so Karen, you know, confidence is really your space. See, I think the, the last thing that I would share, because confidence is such a big thing, even, you know, even in the work I do, confidence is a skill that can be developed. It's not a trait. You don't either have it or don't have it. You can build confidence. And that also is one step at a time. And I, I've seen women and one day not feeling confident, but by the next day, something they did gave them a sense of confidence that they didn't have the day before. And that that's what each step across the bridge does. Because with each step that I take, my confidence starts to grow. And I, I would, you know, kind of leave you with that thought and leave your listeners with that thought that um, if, if you're looking for confidence in your life, get, get up off the couch, you know, step away from Netflix for a while, put down social media, stop scrolling and start to take some action on your own behalf. Progress equals confidence. Don't you think, Karen? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's so true. It's just one thing at a time. It's kind of like the analogy of driving in the car with the fog lights and all you can see is the fog, but it's right in front of you, or you can't see beyond what's right in front of you is, is my right. point. Right. And remember that that's okay. And you mm -hmm. trust, like you said earlier, you, you trust that it's, you're going to be shown the next step when you take that first one, right. but we do have to start with that first step. Well, tell us about the summit. Can't oh wait. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I want to hear two things. I want to hear oh. your vision. Okay. And what you, we talked about already, the movement of the women who spark. I'd love to hear a little bit more about why a summit and then a little bit more tangibly about that and anything else you want to share. All right. 
Well, the so there are thousands of women in the Women Who Spark community. And um, if any of you, by the way, are interested in the free Facebook community, it's simply called the it's called Women Who Spark Tribe. We're very discoverable on Facebook. So we have thousands of women in the Women Who Spark community. And I've had women over and, and this community is almost two years old. And I've had women over time say to me, Alita, you should do a conference. You should do a conference. And so I thought, okay, you know what? I, they're nudging me, so I'm going to do that. And of course, you know, in the environment that we're in right now, and with the advent of so many virtual summits, I, I said, well, let's just lean in and do this. Love and it. let's bring women who have a message and who have a spark to share with other women let's bring them together. And so, you know, as you know, Karen, because you're one of the speakers, we have a five-day live summit, May 3rd through May 7th, with a variety of speakers who will talk topics about finding your vibe in midlife, um, finding your voice, Karen, certainly something you're talking about. We've got a number of women talking about um, fitness-related elements, confidence-related elements, hobbies and interests, reinvention. The theme is reignite. Now, um, what I mean by a live, a live summit is that you can in fact jump into a Zoom room just like this and be able to interact with the speakers and the, the other women who are participating in the summit. It of course will also be available um, for re recorded sessions for women who can't attend live. Um, May 3rd through May 7th. Karen, what else would you add? You know, you're well, part of this fun event. Yes. Well, I would add, I love the fact that it's live mm -hmm. and that people can jump in, of course, and that there's so much variety. And yes. first of all, Alita, you always have quality. That's just attached to your name. So it's going to be an incredibly quality event. You have brought together wonderful people. And because so many women have busy lives, tell us about the VIP upgrade. Oh, yes. So the VIP upgrade will include access to all, all of the 25 live speakers. And then we've got seven pre-recorded sessions that are available only for the VIPs. And then additionally, the VIP upgrades will receive a copy a copy of my book, Women Who Spark After 50. This is inspiration to reinvent and reignite your life for the second half. You get a copy of my book. And also the VIP upgrades will receive um, one free month in my membership community, which is called the Women Who Spark Accountability and Friendship for Success. So this is a really fun community. We've got about 70 women right now. And we're, they're all part of this community because they want friendly accountability to make progress and they want to develop friendships along the way. And so, um, so yes, a free month in that membership to just kind of try it on and see what you think. That's amazing. That's so many bonuses and your yes. book alone. Oh my yes. gosh. That's fantastic. Really fantastic. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see the vision come alive and be a part of it as well. In the meantime, I know you mentioned the Facebook group. Where else can we reach you? 
Well, so you can, you, I mean, so we should share about the summit. You can sign up for the summit free at women who spark summit, women who spark summit.com. And then my, my website is alitanorris.com. A-L-E-T-A Norris, like Chuck Norris, alitanorris.com and lots of fun stuff on my website, surveys and, um, Lots of opportunities to kind of input and explore how you're interacting your own self in your life with a spark. Hopefully, you know, spark or no spark. You can kind of test it out on my website. Yeah, that's great. And you're on Clubhouse too, yes? I am on Clubhouse too, Alita Norris. Yep, same way. Instagram, kind of all of the Instagram at Alita Norris as well. I love it. All right, well, one last question as we wrap up here. Just a fun one. I like to ask, what do you never leave home without besides your mask? Um, let's see. Besides, yeah, besides my mask and besides my, beside my mask and my phone, phone right? Yeah. Because, oh, I That's never fun. leave home without my lipstick. I have these scattered everywhere. <laughs> yes. Yes. So always have to have lipstick with me. I love it. And do you have a variety of lipsticks or do you have one color that you use all the time? I, I have one color that I use all the time. Yep. It's kind of a pink kind of a pink tone okay. and um, this kind of silly, but anytime I'm with my, anytime I'm with, look at me and grab all my lipsticks. Anytime <laughs> I'm with my daughters, I switch over to more of a red because they're, they're not, they're, <laughs> they're not a fan of the pinky color that I like. And they're always telling me, mom, stop wearing that color, but I like it. So, so I've got the, I've got the daughter, the daughter approval. This this is my approval seeking color when I'm with my daughter. <laughs> and for those of you that aren't seeing this and you're hearing it only, she's showing us a beautiful red. What would you say, like a burgundy red or a yeah, it's kind of a burgundy red, red yeah. <laughs> compared to the light pink. Well, yeah. I think it's a great example of you still are owning what you want to wear and how you right. show up, especially now. Right after your journey. Well, Alita, thank you so much. It really is always a pleasure to interact with you and I'm so happy to know you. So thanks for being here today. You bet. Thanks a lot for having me, Karen. And that's a wrap of another episode of Ignite Your Confidence. I'm your host, Karen Laus. Thank you so much for listening. If you love today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps other people find the podcast faster and it certainly helps me. If you're interested in more tips and tools around confidence, please join me over in my Facebook group called Ignite Your Confidence with Karen Laus. Remember, you too can stand out with unshakable confidence. <laughs>